Hey, welcome to the City Rev Life podcast. My name is Roby. I'm here with my wife, Rebecca. And if you are new to the City Rev Life podcast, we talk about how to follow Christ in a modern city, and we cover a range of topics. And um, today, though, we've got, I think, a really important topic for, I think, almost anybody, this is an important subject matter. So let's just talk a little bit about where are we going today with this episode. So today we're going to talk about three ways to increase your self-awareness as a leader. There's a lot out there about Mm -hmm. self-awareness, about leadership, and so we're just going to really dig into three practical ways that you can become more self-aware in the different contexts that you lead. Yeah. And I think this is an important subject. I think there's a lot of discussion, just as you said, about self-awareness, but specifically, um, we want to talk about how do we get more self-aware if that's so important, how do we get there? And so we're going to jump into that. Just a couple thoughts as we're jumping in. First of all, um, leadership in general, uh, that applies to so many different areas Mm. of our life. Um, that's not just a position at work. Uh, leadership is influencing people. So every parent, every grandparent, every uncle or aunt, every babysitter is a leader. There are many of you that are listening or watching that are a leader in your church context. You're on a serving team and maybe you lead that serving team. Maybe you lead a small group. Um, In the home context, we influence each other as husbands and wives. And so there's all different ways. So this is, and certainly at work, there's many different ways we influence each other. So for there are so many ways that as we are called to lead, ultimately we as followers of Jesus, as disciples, as mathetes, we use that Greek word around here, uh, we want to be leaders in our city. And so um, we want to be self-aware as leaders. And uh, before we jump in, you've got some research you're going to walk through with us about self-awareness and leadership. Um, I think the other thing that's important for us from a church context is this is biblical. Mm-hmm. Like it, it stems from some of the most basic things in the scripture talk about self-awareness. And I was just thinking of one of the most famous things Jesus said in Matthew uh, chapter 7, right there in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said what's known as the golden, golden rule. He said, do to others as you would have them do to you. And so that really Mm. underneath that assumes self-awareness in two ways. One, I have to first know what I want others to do to me. So I have to have to first stop and say, Hey, this is how I'm feeling when that person treats me like that. That's step one. And then step two is I've got to then have the awareness to say, Hey, I don't want to make someone else feel like that. Am I doing something that makes someone else feel like that? So right there, one of the most famous things, one of the most foundational things in the Bible, the golden rule assumes self-awareness. And so this is a very biblical, very important subject for so many factors of our life. So uh, let's jump in and talk about self-awareness and maybe Rebecca share with us a little bit about what is some of the research uh, about self-awareness specifically in a leadership context. Yeah. So a lot of the research really confirms that biblical truth that you just stated. And it's neat to see our uh, modern context catching up with what has already been established in scripture, what we know to be true. So I was reading recently an article in the Harvard, Harvard Business Review that said, that looked at different qualities about how does a leader obtain a leadership position. And they narrowed it down to three main qualities. Uh, you're more likely to obtain a leadership position if you are either extroverted, uh, you tend to do some risk taking, and just intelligence. And so that 
those qualities, especially if you've got all three, you're more likely to obtain a leadership position. But they also wanted to know, does those qualities mm. then predict how successful you are in that leadership position? And it was not necessarily. Um, in certain positions, let's take, for example, extroversion. If you're extroverted, but you're in like a sales position, like maybe real estate or um, marketing or sales, something like that, there is a little bit more of a stronger correlation between extroversion and your success in that leadership position. But by and large, across the whole gamut of different professions, you cannot actually predict someone's effectiveness in a leadership position simply by their extroverted personality. So while extroversion is more likely to obtain a leadership position, it does not necessarily predict your success. So in other words, you're saying someone might get promoted to a leadership position if they have those three qualities. Correct. But that doesn't necessarily, those same three qualities is not necessarily a predictor of their success in it. Correct. So they put another one of those qualities kind of on trial to kind of see, is this just an exception to the rule or is it a trend? And they found that intelligence, um, you know, while it is definitely something that can open your door into getting new leadership positions, it's not necessarily a predictor into your success. And here's why. While you might be a very intelligent person, when under stress, even the most mm. intelligent people can act in unpredictable ways. So stress can kind of be the great equalizer, if you will, of creating conditions that will help certain people rise to the top. So it's less important um, how intelligent you are and more important how you make effective decisions when under stress. Mm. So with that, research at the end of the article decided to put to claim that self-awareness was actually the number one predictor of success in a leadership role. Wow. So, okay. I think that's really key. You know, I've got probably leaders watching this. Um, you know, you're thinking about who you're raising up, who are you promoting? Typically people promote extroverts, intelligent people. And what was the third one? Um, risk taking, risk taking. Um, but the predictor of it was self-awareness, kind of that emotional intelligence. Correct. So, you know, putting intelligence on, on trial, it's not just intellectual intelligence. It's to be able to, the, the ability to know a room, the ability to understand the emotional temperature of yourself and your followers. That's, that is the predictor then that that person will be successful. So I, what's so great about that, I love that, is that is uh, with the discussion about self-awareness, with all the discussion out there about emotional intelligence, I love that particular article mm -hmm. because it really narrows down. That is a predictor of success in a leadership position, Correct. which makes sense because leadership is, is managing, is influencing humans. Yep. And so your awareness of how you affect other humans, it would make sense that that was the, the most um, predictor of success. Yep. So, okay, let, let's just take a second and go deeper down. Let's define the concept of self-awareness. Let's like really get a clean definition of that. So self-awareness is knowing yourself and then knowing how you are being received. So it's those two things, knowing yourself and then knowing how you're coming across to other people. Okay. So specifically that, so it's two different things. Mm -hmm. So it's me having an awareness of who I am, how I'm feeling, um, you know, my biases, all those things, me knowing me myself, right. but then taking it another level and knowing how I affect other people. And I think that second, I think I've seen leaders before who, um, can do the, the first part, but not the second part. Mm. Cause I think sometimes self-awareness can be so, um, so much, um, this could be self-involved, you know, it could mm. be kind of, I'm so in my own head, in right. my own thoughts 
that I never take that second step. Like I'm thinking about, you know, am I doing this right? Am I doing this? Am I doing this right? And I never take it that next step um, to see, okay, how then am I affecting other people? Right. You know, it's one thing to be like, man, I'm so stressed out. I'm so stressed out. It's another thing to say, yeah, and I'm making everyone around me, right. you know, frustrated because I'm stressed out. Or I do this to people when I'm stressed out. Right. I become less patient. I become shorter with people. You know, being able to identify then how you manifest your stress and how that affects others around you. Okay. So I think it's a great. Um, the, I think that's great. Uh, let's let's move into then how does uh, how can we increase our self awareness? We know why that's important mm-hmm. statistically. We know what it is. Uh, what can we do to actually increase our self-awareness? Let's walk through that. So the good news is, is it can be learned. You know, there's gonna be some people just like extroversion is a quality that some people are just naturally born with. Um, and then there might be some more intuitively, emotionally intelligent people. It doesn't mean that if you didn't get that bone in your body, that it can't be learned. It can be learned. And that's so encouraging. So, um, there's a couple things you can do. One is first know yourself. Um, two things under that first is being able to strengthen your emotional intelligence. There's actually some things practically that you can do to strengthen your emotional intelligence. Um, There is a saying Mm. out there that says the body keeps the score. There's now actually a book about that. I'm not sure which one came first. I've heard both. Um, But regardless, the statement is true. The reason why they say that is because when you feel emotions, uh, we tend to feel that in our body. So the easiest way to think about that is when you're hungry, where do you feel that? We all typically feel that in our stomach. But taking another step further, take another emotion like anxiety. Some people feel that also in their stomach, but it's a different feeling. Or you might feel anxiety in heart palpitations or um, shortness of breath or muscle tension. Typically, if you know yourself, you tend to manifest certain emotions the same way, viscerally, every single time. And the way that God designed our bodies is we feel our emotions first on a body level before we are actually consciously aware of them and able to identify them. So if your body keeps the score, then take inventory of what you're feeling, where it is, and that can help cue you into knowing what emotion you're also feeling. Okay. So the, the, you were just saying that the body feels our emotions, um, before we can consciously be aware of them. Is that right? Mm -hmm. So then as I'm trying to become more self-aware as a, as leaders, whether it's a husband, a parent, a um, a leader at work, whatever it may be, a leader in a friend group, uh, informally, you may just influence your friend group. All these leaders, you say, I want to be better at influencing people. I've got to know myself. That's right. step one of self-awareness. I got to know myself. So then, um, that I, I, I can identify how I'm feeling by watching what's happening in my body and mm-hmm. having a kind of an awareness of what's happening in my body. Is that right. right? Right. So once you've done that step, now it's time to actually identify the emotion. So you've got where you feel it, that's step mm-hmm. one, and then actually put words to it, identify that, um, that emotion. So we have this little handy dandy chart. Some of you may have seen it before. For those who are listening, it's the emotional vocabulary chart. And it's just these cute little guys, these little faces we use often with children, but it doesn't have to be exclusively used with children. Adults can use it too, and it's fun. And it's got these little guys in these faces. It's got exhausted with a tongue sticking out and hysterical with this wide-eyed and, and crazy mouth going on and happy, mischievous, and these little faces that are super fun. And it's kind of a symbolic way to put 
words to what you're feeling. Um, research shows if you can identify up to about 30 range of emotions, that that actually increases your emotional intelligence. And this chart here has 30 emotions on there. Um, these particular emotions aren't necessarily um, the key that unlocks everything. These are just types of typical emotions that we tend to feel. So if you're feeling something that's not on the chart, that's okay too. But this is just a guide to be able to help you put to words what it is that's manifesting in your body. So that's also important, being able to identify those emotions. Um, lastly is being able to incorporate then, how do you take those two things and set yourself up for success? And we decided just really being able to dedicate that to prayer and, and your time of biblical with the Lord. So yeah, I think in our, our quiet time is a great place where we pause. And I love that that chart. Um, for, it's great for, for children to use and to kind of help them get language for our emotions. Right. But I think sometimes as adults, like Absolutely. we need the help understanding our emotions as well. Yes. Like we, and giving words to exactly how I'm feeling. You know, I, I think of, you know, a lot of times as adults, we're like, no, no, we talking about, I'm not angry. It's like, <laughs> you kind of sound angry, you know? And so I think a lot of times we need to put words to, to our emotions as well. Yeah. And so there's of course a lot of different ways with friends, um, with your spouse, with uh, a counselor, with right. yourself. But I think one of the a practical way to increase your self awareness, one great action step, just like you said, is in our prayer time, in our time where we're you know studying the Bible with the Lord. You know that that prayer time, we can stop. And journaling is one of those great practices where we kind of lay ourselves before mm -hmm. the Lord and say, hey, Lord, in this season, I, I think I'm really feeling a lot of anxiety. Mm. Well, that's not only therapeutic mm. to just kind of say where I'm at before the Lord, but it's also productive because now I'm turning that anxiety over to the Lord. Mm. So thinking through uh, kind of having that self-awareness of our emotions, using our body to help alert us, man, mm. why am I so tense? Well, maybe I'm, I'm stressed out, you yeah. know? And then bringing that before the Lord is a great right. way to identify it and and uh, help kind of have more self-awareness of where we're at. I think that's an important point too that you make is in our quiet time, in the space when we're not in the moment stressed, you know, in that time when we've already been triggered, you know, we need to stay safe space outside of those moments to kind of lay the proverbial pathway, if you will, of what it is that we want to do in those moments, how we would like to respond, to be able to be introspective enough to know where that's coming from. So that as we get better about laying that foundation in those safe, quieter moments, when we actually find ourselves in the moment, we'll be able to go back to that moment previously in our day. We were like, oh yes, I've already decided where this is coming from, what I'm feeling and how I want to respond. Yeah. So those moments in our quiet time actually lay the foundation for in the moment, being able to do that rather quickly. Yeah, that's great. All right. So number one uh, in knowing ourselves, as part of self-awareness. Um, the first thing you can do is just identify your emotions. What's the second thing we can do? So really active listening, um, being able to take inventory of your biases, even some of your expectations that you place on yourself and other people, even your values that drive your biases or your expectations, take an inventory of those things. I think it's important to note that we all come with biases, expectations, values. Those aren't necessarily inherently wrong, but it's if you're not aware of them, then that can can really interrupt our ability to listen well because we're going to perceive and receive a lot of information through that lens. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think part of self-awareness is knowing knowing those things, mm -hmm. our biases, our values, 
Um, a lot of a lot of times those are our triggers. Mm. And so a good action step here is um, seeing defensiveness as a cue. Mm. And a lot of times uh, we can get defensive and then and then sometimes, Someone can say, hey, you're being a little bit defensive. I'm not being defensive. And then we can be defensive about being defensive. <laughs> and so I think it, when we are getting defensive, that should be a cue to me. Okay, is one of my values, one of my biases, uh, one of my presuppositions, again, those can be good or bad, um, but we want to be aware of them. Is that being triggered? You know, I, I, just a practical example of that I think about like a, a meeting at work and someone is giving some bad feedback. Uh, well, hey, we've got some bad customer feedback about this particular product. Well, if all of a sudden I'm feeling defensive, it might be because I put a lot of work into that product mm. and I need to be self-aware of that because if there is a defect in the product, we need to fix it rather than just dismissing it defensively because of how it reflects on me. Mm. And how about as a parent? If there's a way that a, a teacher or a coach is trying to help my child, but my, my bias is my child's perfect, you know, <laughs> then uh, if I'm just defensive, I'm, I need to be self-aware of that because there may be something that this person's trying to help. So yeah. using defensiveness as a cue yes. and in place of that, having active listening, which um, I think we talked about in a recent, another right. podcast episode. What was that podcast episode? That called? was called Transforming Relationships Through Empathy. And in there, we talk about four basic skills for how to actively listen. Things like paraphrase content, reflect the feeling, seek clarification, probe for more information. Uh, it's another great podcast to get some practical steps in this area. Yeah. All right. So take us to the last way we can increase our self-awareness. Last thing you can do is, first of all, just to know how you're affecting other people. And the best skill in order to do that is to invite feedback, which is a hard and somewhat humbling thing to do. Um, but it's simple things like um, building a small group of people around you that you trust. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily all yes men. You want people who are going to give you diverse perspectives um, and be willing to say the hard things. Um, so getting that small group of trusted people, um, as well as consider using things like leadership assessment. Um, on your team, on yourself, so that you can know things like your strengths, your weaknesses, your biases. Those things are going to help enlighten you um, and increase your self-awareness. So three things are, in first, two, under knowing yourself. Um, the practical thing is identify your emotions, take them in prayer. Secondly, use defensiveness as a cue and instead employ active listening. And then the third one is inviting feedback, which is the scariest, I think. Mm. And it's, it's something that we have to be actively doing. We have to request feedback from those we trust. And then we've got to reward it. The worst thing we can do is say, Hey, can you give me some feedback on X, Y, Z? And then someone gives me actual feedback and then I punish them, <laughs> you know, relationally or emotionally for it. So the key would be request feedback and then reward it. And so those are all three ways that we can increase our, our self-awareness. So um, uh, any final thoughts just on self-awareness for us as a, as a leader? No, I think that all of these things are just practical steps that we can take more consciously. Um, and this will help us to become the effective leader that we desire to be, like you're saying, in all different contexts, whether you, you lead um, a group of volunteers or um, kids at home or in the marketplace, uh, lead from the top as a CEO for, or from mid-level management. It doesn't matter. Everyone can be in a position to influence other people. And ultimately, to be the most effective leader that you want to be is increasing your self-awareness, and that requires you to lead first yourself so that you can then effectively lead others. I think that's awesome. I hope this uh, episode has been an encouragement to you. And if it has, maybe consider sharing it or even discussing it with people around you that you lead and uh, maybe have a good discussion 
about how to increase self-awareness. Hey, thanks for joining us on this episode and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on City Rev Life. You can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review wherever you're listening to this. And we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. For more videos and content, go ahead and check us out at cityrev.org slash podcast or download our City Rev Church app. Have a great day.